Childhood innocence is something we all lose. For some, that loss comes with extreme pain and suffering. Every person finds different ways of coping with that loss of innocence, but some people, especially those people who experienced trauma in their childhoods, find themselves diving into coping strategies that actually continue the hurt instead of healing with it. Let's dive in. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, where we share the gospel of Jesus Christ through the art form of audio drama. Yes, and that includes sound effects. Just a heads up, this episode includes content that is not appropriate for our younger listeners. I'm Timothy Gregory bringing you the story of a man whose early life was ripped away from him through traumatic relationships. It was given a new eternal life by his relationship with someone new on today's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. Also, you'll want to stick around because later we're going to give the rest of you an opportunity to enter yet another sweepstakes drawing for a prize. No, it's not a cash prize, but it is a prize, and I think it's a prize that you are really going to like if we draw your name. But first, let's get to it, folks. It's part one of the true story of Johnny Brandemill. Slow down, boy. Where are you off to in such a hurry? I caught a bumblebee. I'm going to show my mom when she gets home. Oh, let me see that jar. Yeah, he's a big one. Hey, you better give him some air or he'll die. I can't. If I loosen the jar, he'll get out. Uh, not if we punch some holes in the lid. Uh, bring him inside my trailer. I'll get my hammer. Come on in. I won't hurt you. all these pictures on your walls. I like them. And how come they don't have any clothes on? You always ask so many questions. N no, sir. I, I was just curious, that's all. I'm just curious, huh? <laughs> yeah, most boys are sooner or later. You like a soda pop? Yes, sir. Here you go, boy. A nice cold one. Your daddy home today? Nah, he's working. They left you all alone, huh? Tell me, they give you any money for doing chores around the house? No, sir. Never. That's a shame. Tell you what. If you let me do something, I'll give you a dollar. A whole dollar? You can buy a lot of candy with a dollar, can't you, boy? You bet I can. What do you want me to do? Just something I like to do. But you have to promise me. It'll be our secret, just between the two of us. What kind of secret? Uh, let's just say, if you ever tell anyone about this, they'll put me in jail. Now, you wouldn't want that to happen to an old man like me, would you, boy? The man in our story grew up in a neighborhood filled with addictions and abuse. He dreamed of the day when he would be out on his own and all his problems would be far behind him. But those problems had a way of following him until he met someone who had the power to set him free. We now bring you part one of the true testimony of Johnny Brandemill, right now 
on Unshackled. Strange how quickly childhood innocence can be lost. One day I was running through the fields of West Yellowstone, Montana, chasing bumblebees. The next day, my perception of myself was forever changed by a child predator. I never told anyone what happened until I was married the first time. I often wonder what my dad would have done had he known. My dad, Jim, flew B-26 bombers in the Second World War and had the classic coping traits of a combat vet, heavy drinker and heavy smoker. He and my mom met at the bar she worked at. Dad was 50 and my mom, Viv, was 30 when I was born. Viv had a personality that would light up a room, but behind closed doors, it was a different story with a few drinks in her. You're going to wake up Johnny. You need to stop this fight right now. Why should I? Come back here, old man. Stop hitting me. What's the matter, tough guy? You scared of me? Only when you drink too much. I only drink to relax. What's wrong with that? Every time you drink, you get crazy. Oh, yeah? You want to see crazy? Viv, put that knife down, or I swear I'll call... <laughs> Ow! You cut me! I sure did! You had it coming! Dad? You okay? Dad, you're bleeding! Go, go, go back to bed, Johnny. Daddy's fine. It's just a little cut, that's all. Why do you have to fight all the time? Johnny! Johnny! Get back here! Oh, let him go. Get something to wipe up all this blood. God, please help! Why? Why do my parents fight? Why can't I have a normal home like my friends? Why do others seem happy? God, please, please help me. The next few days were quiet until the drinking started again. More holes punched in the walls and more doors ripped off their hinges. The moment I turned 18, I moved out, headed to Phoenix for college and found a part-time job at a phone company. The thousand mile trip to get there gave me lots of time to think about growing up afraid and lonely. I realized I didn't want to be alone anymore. I wanted to be around people who were happy and high on life. But, like the saying goes, be careful what you wish for. Hey, Veronica, here's your training information. You'll be sitting with one of the other girls until you're trained. Great. I can't wait to eventually work on my own. I love to talk to people. I wish everybody who worked here had your attitude. So, um, what are you up to this weekend? Any plans? <laughs> Why? Are you asking me out on a date? Uh, sorry. <laughs> Never mind. I got lots of chores to catch up on this weekend, and... Chores are boring. You need to have fun. We can hang out at your apartment Friday, smoke some pot, listen to music. You're serious? Sure. What time can you pick me up? Turn left on this next street. My apartment's in the other direction. I want to pick something up first. I got plenty of food at home in case you're hungry. I'm hungry for something else. See that blue house up ahead? You mean the one with big biker dudes standing on the porch? It's where my friend lives. Don't worry, those guys won't bite. Come on. I want you to meet my friend. Okay, you got everything we need. Let's head to your place. What's in the back? Some speed. You ever try it? My neighbor gave me some once, and I thought my brain was on fire. 
The middle of the night, I found myself in my living room, peeking through the blinds, thinking somebody was trying to kill me. Never again. <laughs> the stuff I get is so much better. I use it all the time. You do? Duh, where do you think I get all my energy? Trust me, you'll enjoy it. I don't want to risk another bad trip. I'll pass. Don't worry. I'll take care of you. And that's how it started. I'll take care of you, she said. We used lots of drugs that night, and I soon found myself using every day. I tried cocaine, acid, opium, heroin, meth, whatever was easy to score. Veronica was well-connected, and she hung out with a rough crowd who told me, you better be good to Veronica or something bad will happen to you. When you start using drugs, you convince yourself that addiction only happens to other people. Years later, I read this proverb that says, as a dog returneth to his vomit, so a fool returneth to his folly. I was acting just like that dog, but didn't realize it. I suppose nobody does. Veronica and I moved into a one-bedroom apartment. Every few nights was a drug binge until the place we worked at was sold and we both lost our jobs. With no money to pay rent, I decided we should move back to Montana and live with my parents for a while. I thought it was a great idea. Veronica? Well, not so much. I hate this place. Your mom and I do not get along. She has a bad drinking problem and she tries to hide it. She leaves the wine on the counter but has whiskey under the sink. And I have never, ever seen so much snow. It's January. What did you expect? I told you about my parents and their problems. I don't know how much of her I can take. Besides, these withdrawals are really messing with me. Me too. But at least I don't sit around complaining about it 24-7. You are such a creep, you know that? I want to get high. All there is here is pot, and at that, it's hard to find. Dad, what's up? Come into the living room. I, I need to talk to you. Sorry if you heard us arguing. It's just a bad case of cabin fever. Mm-hmm. All you two do is argue. If you don't want to live with her, just send her back home. I don't want to. I... I love her. Well, then, you better find some way to work this out. You need to find a job, Johnny. Cable companies hiring techs. Maybe a place of your own will help you two to stop fighting. My parents were the last people I wanted relationship advice from. But I got the cable job and we moved north of Yellowstone for about a year. Nobody we knew was selling drugs, so a friend of hers back in Phoenix would mail us some pot every few weeks. It's crazy how cigarettes come packaged with a label that says, Warning! These cause cancer! But pot never does. No warning that says, Caution! This likely causes cancer and paranoia and stunts your emotional growth. Nope. Just a clear plastic bag that promises temporary relief from whatever pressures you're under. And with Veronica, there was always pressure. What are you doing? That's my favorite show. We need to talk. Okay, make it quick and then turn my TV back on. I was talking to my mom and sister today and they told me we need to get married. Veronica, I am not ready. I want to be married. It's the right thing to do and besides, you brought it up in West Yellowstone. It's just a piece of paper. Either marry me or I'm going back to Phoenix. Either show me you love me or I swear you're on your own. And I know how you hate being alone. So, what's it gonna be? 
A few days later, I found myself standing next to her in front of some old guy at the courthouse. The poor man's hands were shaking as bad as my heart was. I felt like I was making a mistake, but it seemed like the right thing to do at the time. The next day, I found myself at the top of a 40-foot ladder trying to reconnect a broken cable line. The wind and snow nearly blew me off the ladder, and I decided right then and there that it was time to go back to school and get a better job. On our way back to Phoenix, we stopped at my parents' house. Dad wasn't feeling well and asked me to drive him to the hospital. They ran some tests and gave him the bad news. He had emphysema. <laughs> Never thought breathing could be so difficult. You'll get through this, Dad. You're strong. Yeah. Never was strong enough to stand up to your mother. All her beatings and bad-mouthing. But I always loved her. I know you did. I want you to promise me something. That you will not stay in that town. There's no opportunity for you there. You go back to school, promise me. I'll make you proud, Dad. I promise. I know we never really say this out loud, but... I love you. I, I love you too. And when it's my time to go, you, you let me go, you hear? I, I do not want a bunch of people around me blubbering and crying. Just... Just live a better life than I did. Just live a better life. Veronica and I went on to Phoenix and I enrolled back in the college I dropped out of before. My mom called with regular updates about dad. She complained about how hard it was to take care of him. She also told me how sorry she was for treating him so bad over the years. And then one morning we got the call. Yeah, that call. Veronica and I flew back and the last time I saw him he was ventilated and unconscious. I grabbed his hand but couldn't speak because I would only blubber my words out. He squeezed my hand. Two days later he passed. I helped with his memorial service. The man I knew was reduced to a small black plastic box next to a trifold flag of the country he served. The moment the service was over, I was in the parking lot, smoking pot, trying to calm my nerves. Folks, we'll get back to Johnny's story in just a moment, but first, I want to share a bit about how our ministry is spreading the light of Christ throughout the globe. Unshackled is now in its 73rd year of spreading the good news through powerful stories about real people. Our success is a result of God's blessing and the involvement of, well, supporters like you. When you contribute to Unshackled, it has a direct impact. Your support allows us to hire quality writers, talented actors, as you can hear, a skilled production team, and a devoted staff. Through your support, we're able to share Unshackled worldwide. So, in order to continue the work of spreading the gospel and allowing us to offer this program for free, won't you consider making a donation to Unshackled? It's really quite easy. All you need to do is click on the live link, if there's one where you're listening, or visit our podcast website at unshackledpodcast.org. That's unshackledpodcast.org. Dot org, and then click the donate button. Or you can always write a check, unshackled, we take checks, 
You mail that check to 1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60607. We thank you for your partnership in our ministry. And now, let's get back to Johnny's story. Veronica's parents invited us to stay at their place when we moved back to Phoenix. I went to school full-time and worked part-time at the school in the mornings. Veronica and I barely saw each other, and when we did, same old, same old. Where have you been? You know where I've been. I had to work, and then evening classes afterwards. What about me? I want time with you. Here we go again. When are you going to start finding time for me? It's not right, and you know it. Just stop. I've had a long day, and I have a test tomorrow that I have to... If you don't spend time with my family, then there's the door, and you know how to use it. Okay, I will. We separated for a year and a half while I finished school. I gradually let her back into my life. She worked at a fast food place and would bring pizza and meth over on the weekends. Monday classes were rough after our usual drug binge. My face was flushed and my lips were red, which I hated. My last semester, I received a job offer from a prominent newspaper to service their printing equipment. I bought a brand new SUV and we moved into a nicer apartment. Veronica and I scored so much meth on weekends that we seldom left our bedroom. Our motto was, work hard, play hard. The party seemed fun as long as we never looked in the mirror and saw the damage the drugs were doing. Let me in, babe. I gotta use the bathroom. Give me a minute. Come on, what's taking you so long? About time. Here, look at this. How many lines do you see? You've gotten false readings before. Just take another test. I did. Three times. I'm pregnant, Johnny. Serious? We are not ready for this. Maybe, maybe I should get rid of it. We are not killing our child. Easy for you to say. It's going to be okay. We'll start a family. This changes everything. If we keep this baby, our lives have to change. Change how? We are never going to use drugs again. When the nurse handed my son to me and I looked into his beautiful eyes, I started crying. It was at that moment that I knew there was an intelligent designer behind all of life. There was no way that something this precious could have evolved from some primordial accident. A few months later, we bought our first home and moved into a nice neighborhood. Life was better even if we did use meth every now and then. At least it wasn't a regular habit. But old habits come rushing back when life feels like it's falling apart. It began the morning of 9-11. Johnny, Johnny, did you see the news? I can't believe this is happening. I thought it was a movie, but when I changed the channel, every one of them was showing the same thing. Who's doing this? Nobody knows. Feels like the world's coming to an end. Is the baby okay? He's fine. How soon can you get home? They want us to finish our shift. The news just said another plane went down in Pennsylvania. I'm scared, Johnny. The world felt out of control, and so did we. We started using meth every weekend just to numb our anxiety. Funny thing about drugs, the more you use, the more you need to use to get high. It's called chasing the dragon, trying to recapture that same high you experienced the first time you used. Over the next four years, we went through dozens of dealers, 
trying to find a reliable source who would promise us that dragon. There were many nights I never went to sleep. I was even smoking meth in the restroom at work just to stay high. It didn't take long for my co-workers to know what was going on. Hey, Johnny, can I talk to you? Someplace quiet. Uh, sure, man. Let's go to the break room. What's up? Bro, have you looked in the mirror lately? No. Why? You look awful, man. Your face is pale and your pupils are always dilated. That's the way they always look. You're using drugs. Everybody knows it. Some people are telling HR about it. So you better watch yourself or you'll be out on the street. You know what I mean? Are you done? You need to come to my church and hear about Jesus and be baptized. I can tell you stories about what he did for me. Oh, here comes the Jesus talk. You're nuts, man. I may be nuts in your eyes, but giving God control of my life was the smartest thing I ever did. Jesus forgave all my sins and turned me into a new man. God wants you to repent of your sins and receive his forgiveness. You gotta let him clean you from the inside out. But you gotta ask him to do that. You ready to do that? This guy was so passionate about what he believed that I started looking forward to work just so I could hear him tell me Bible stories. I even went to his church once and agreed to be baptized. But the pastor's words about promising to follow Jesus and live life his way went right over my head. I thought getting dunked was some magic ritual that would change me. Sure, I felt something warm inside when I got baptized, but later that night, I got high and went to work like nothing had happened. At home, Veronica was taking care of our kid better than I did when I was sober, which was rare. She was still using, but not as much. I started hiding my drugs at the house so she wouldn't find out how much I was using. We were both lying to each other and losing a war neither of us could win. Brandamil here. I've been calling your work phone for the past hour. Why didn't you pick up? What do you want, Veronica? Your son found your dope stash in the closet. The one you told me you didn't have. What kind of a dad are you? I'm the one paying all the bills, so lay off me. You need to come home right now or you won't have a family. I can't. My boss will fire me. You need to pick your job or your family right now. Because I worked swing shift and my boss day shift, I snuck out and rushed home. When I got there, my son was fine, just busy watching TV. I went into the bedroom and found Veronica sitting on the floor. The nightstand next to her was covered with meth dust from the drugs she had just snorted. I am so mad at you. I can't go on like this, Johnny. We have to stop this. Life is getting crazier and crazier. Remember, remember that time you stayed up 12 days straight and started hallucinating? You told me you heard heartbeats in the wall and saw giant spiders on the floor. Or that time we were at the airport and we saw TSA search and carry-on luggage and we went in that family bathroom and did all the meth we had. Do you even see what a mess our lives have been? Yeah. We've done lots of crazy things. We gotta stop using Johnny. You know why? Why? Because I'm pregnant again. When it came time for our daughter to be delivered, 
Veronica and I argued all the way to the hospital. But that had become normal for us. When our baby girl was born, she was beautiful. We couldn't wait to get home and show our son his little sister. But the thrill of a new family member was about to be shattered. Mr. and Mrs. Brandemel? That's us. We've been waiting to be released, like last time. I'm afraid it's not that easy. There's a standard test we run on every newborn, and yours just tested positive for illegal drugs. But that's not possible. It's been... There must be some mistake. Sorry, no mistake. Now let me explain how this works. In exchange for letting you take the baby home, Veronica will enter a mandatory intake program and be drug tested twice a week. And we will visit your home twice a week to ensure the baby is being cared for. As long as mom stays clean, there's no problem. That's assuming both of you stay drug-free. How about you, Dad? Do you ever use drugs? Me? Yes, you. No, not me. I never use drugs. Join us again next week when we'll hear the conclusion of this powerful story. Listening friend, like Johnny, you may be going through challenges in your own life. Hardships so heavy that all you can do is hide behind the lies. No matter what wrongs you have done in your life, God wants a relationship with you. And that's why he sent his one and only son into our world, offering the gift of eternal salvation. God is ready to hear your plea of repentance and begin a life of trusting in him. The first step always begins with asking God to forgive your sins and believing that Jesus took the punishment you deserved when he died on the cross. The next step is to find a Bible-believing church where you can be discipled and brought into a deep and mature relationship with the one true living God. If you need help in making this crucial decision, we encourage you to call 1-888-NEED-HIM or get in touch with us here at Pacific Garden Mission, 1458 South Canal Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60607. Now, we love hearing from our listeners here on the Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast, so send us your questions and we'll answer them here. It can be something you're curious about or just something you want to share with us. All you have to do is write us at podcast at unshackled.org or call and leave us a message at 312-281-1264. We'd love to hear from you. Now, before we get to our sweepstakes drawing info, I just want to remind you to subscribe or like our Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. You can even share it or tell a friend. We'd also love for you to review or rate our podcast, and don't forget to check out our other podcasts on this same platform, Unshackled Daily Devotionals and Unshackled In Person. We appreciate your input and involvement in our ministry. And again, please consider supporting us so we can freely offer quality Christian programming to the world. All right, the new prize for this sweepstakes contest is yet another beautiful wooden scripture plaque. The verse on this one is 2 Chronicles 16.9. For the eyes of the Lord move to and fro throughout the earth, that he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his. This plaque is 
gorgeous. Its contrasting chestnut brown outer ring and the light brown inner ring of the bark truly shows the diversity of God's creation. If you'd like a peek at this scripture plaque, you're welcome to visit our podcast website, unshackledpodcast.org, and stop by the audio drama page for a picture. The deadline to enter is September 2nd. And next time... Mr. and Mrs. Brandemill? That's us. There's a standard test we run on every newborn, and yours just tested positive for illegal drugs. But that's not possible. There must be some mistake. Sorry, no mistake. How about you, Dad? Do you ever use drugs? No, I never use drugs. Johnny Brandemill grew up in a neighborhood filled with addictions and abuse. He never dreamed that he would repeat the very same mistakes that his parents had. I can't believe you lied to that social worker. What was I supposed to say? If they tested me and found out I'm using meth, they would have taken her from us. Besides, you're the one that used drugs when you were pregnant. Well, it's hard to stay sober when your husband uses every day. He's about to enter a downward spiral that even he's powerless to stop. I can't lose everything all over again. God, my addictions won't let me breathe. Don't miss part two of the true testimony of Johnny Brandemill on the next Unshackled. Heard in part one of the true story of Johnny Brandemill were Jeff Parker, Gary Brachetto, Tina Glushenko, Mara Kate Burns, Demetrius Troy, and Jamie Newell. Original music, Don Badorf. Sound effects, Demetrius Troy. Sound assistant, Holly Krajewski. Audio engineer, David Pierczynski. Script, Scott Kirk. That's it for this week's Unshackled Audio Drama Podcast. So until next time, unless our Lord returns before then, I'm Timothy Gregory, your brother in Christ.